capturing images of people across China, exploring its ever-changing lifestyles and feeling the heartbeat of its villages, towns and cities. This is Selfie. This is Selfie. Giving you real-life stories in China. 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 Welcome to this episode of Selfie, a program that brings you an insight of Chinese people and their lives. I'm Tony Reed. Gender equality in science, technology, engineering, and math, known as STEM, is a global issue. And it's evidence that in the world of science, which is currently male-dominated, women's voices and achievements can now not be ignored. The first computer programmer in human history, Ada Lovelace, was a woman and the first Chinese winner of a Nobel Prize in science was also a woman, and that was Tu Youyou, who made contributions in a significant breakthrough in 20th century tropical medicine, a vaccine for malaria, which has the potential to save millions of lives in South China, Southeast Asia, Africa, and South America. Women empowerment in science and technology has gained widespread attention in China in recent years as more and more Chinese women have stepped up into STEM fields and already been successful in them. So what do those Chinese women say about their gender, identity, and the challenges in this field? How have the Chinese authorities and industry insiders made efforts to close the gender gap? Stay tuned for today's selfie. In China, high school students have to choose whether to specialize in arts or sciences. And there are always more girls choosing arts and boys going for science. The gender gaps persist in Chinese higher education, as evidenced by the much higher proportion of men in the STEM subjects of science, technology, engineering, and math. Zhao Qinqin, once an undergraduate student major in journalism at Peking University and currently a data analysis at an educational technology company in the U.S., believes that the arts education is mostly for girls and boys are better at science and math mindset is nothing but a stereotype. The post-90s girl is also the founder of Ed With You, an online community aiming to get educational insiders involved, share experiences, and make meaningful connections. So far, the platform has attracted hundreds of these insiders in seven countries, including the United States, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, China, Thailand, Japan, and Canada. So what's it like to be an arts major student who has changed her career path to science? In what way or ways is STEM education in the United States different from that in China? What's the key to success in a STEM-related career? Earlier, our reporter Lu Chang spoke to Zhao Qinqin. First of all, how do you personally get involved in this educational technology career? Also, can you share with us how does the STEM education in the United States differ from that in China? So I discovered my passion for education when I was in college. Initially, I had a very narrow understanding of education, and I thought I wanted to be a teacher. So I chose to be a teacher after graduation from college. But during that year, I noticed the industry trend that educational technology is like the future of education, and the future is actually already coming now. And I also realized the huge potential of the role of technology in education. So I transitioned from teaching to educational technology. There is a huge emphasis on STEM education in the U.S., the U.S. universities, and even high school, middle school. They're encouraging more students to step into the STEM field. I think there are a lot of 
things that I found rewarding regarding my education in the U.S. The first one is the classroom teaching is discussion-based instead of uh, lecture-based. And the second thing is there is no fixed path. Like I studied social science major in college, but I can still transition to a STEM major in graduate school. There are a lot of these kind of examples like arts, humanity, social science majors who chose to study a totally different field, like even computer science, statistics. You can do whatever you really want to do, and there's no traditional pathways. You can pursue non-traditional pathways and realize your full potential in the U.S. education system. I think people really believe in your potential, uh, including your professors, your fellow students. Even if you have no prior experience or no prior knowledge in the major you want to study in, like for my program, Learning Sciences and Technology. At the University of Pennsylvania, my fellow classmates actually have all kinds of backgrounds at least in Peking University, after the college entrance exam. If you were an arts major student in high school, you can't be admitted to like math or computer science departments. And I believe that's the same for a lot of other universities in China. As you just mentioned that many of your classmates, they were art major students previously. So what kind of challenges you may face as an art major student who decided to go to science? My current job is an analyst job. I think my biggest challenge during this process is learning about the coding skills. I took a class which is introduction to to programming in graduate school, and that class was pretty hard for for a person who had no prior knowledge of coding. I just used my persistence to go through the whole process, and I passed that course with a grade A. And I learned the basics of coding, which is enough for my current job. So in China, students have to choose whether to specialize in arts or science in high school, and there are always more girls choosing arts and boys going for science. Do you think there's a gender stereotyping in this issue? I think there's definitely a gender stereotype. I think there are two things in this phenomenon. One is a lot of us are told. Including myself, either by our parents or media, that boys tend to be better at sciences. And the second thing is, parents may say that girls should study and work in an area that's easier and not too energy-consuming. Like I don't want you to be too tired. I was told by my parents when I was young. I think these voices are not encouraging girls to realize their full potential. In STEM subjects.、Mm-hmm. So, based on your observation, is this why that there are fewer women in highly paid STEM-related jobs in China? It's not just in China. I think it's like a a trend in most countries in the world. And I think there are two kinds of reasons. So, at least in China, I think first is related to the major selection since high school, like what you just said. In high school, we have to choose arts or sciences, and more girls tend to choose arts. And also, there are college admission limitations. If you're an art student, you can't choose science major in college. The education since high school separated arts and sciences. From then, there are less girls who enter this STEM field. And the second thing I think is also related to gender stereotype or say gender role expectations. 
still now women are supposed to be the one who uh, take care of the family. And I think highly paid jobs like software development or high-tech involved jobs are more demanding and it's hard to maintain a work-life balance. So women are expected to take care of family. In order to do that, they have to choose jobs that's not so demanding. So that's the question. What are the keys to success in this field? I think the most important thing is to find your real passion. Passion is the thing that really drives you to be outstanding. And the second thing is to believe in yourself. Believe in your full potential. Believe that you can learn anything. It's also very important. Actually, in the U.S., there are a lot of arts, humanity, social science students choose to transition into computer science. And after like one year of study, they can find really good internships in huge tech companies like Google, Amazon, Facebook, things like that. Nothing is impossible. You have to believe in yourself first. So. That you can realize your full potential. Find your passion and believe in yourself. You can do it. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. The importance of gender equality has been increasingly recognized in China in recent years, but there's still a long way to go. China has ranked 103 out of 149 countries in the World Economic Forum's 2018 Gender Gap Report. Some insiders in the IT industry have found that conditions could be improved by getting more women and girls into STEM-related fields. Yang Yong has more. When 28-year-old Li Qingyuan tried to find a job as a computer programmer three years ago, she experienced some setbacks she'd never expected. I was once told by the HR manager that they decided not to give me an offer. Simply because all their programmers were male, both they and I would feel weird working together if I was accepted. And when I was seeking career advice from a male fellow student, he suggested I wear short skirts for job interviews. Then I would have more chance of getting the job, and wouldn't have to answer too many professional questions. I knew he was joking, but I felt offended. Software engineer Victoria Sun says it's not easy for a woman to break into a male-dominated world like information technology. In technology, there's a lot of men, and it's a very male-dominated field, and it can be very difficult because, like, I'm very girly. I like my cardigans and my scarves. When I first started working in tech in my first internships, I was really afraid to act girly in the office. I didn't know if I could like. Make friends. By the end of 2017, there were 12 times as many male programmers as female in China, according to a survey by China Internet Network Information Center, or CINIC. And it's estimated that worldwide, only one in five programmers are women. Chen Bing, the founder of Beijing-based Coding Garden, an online computer skills school for children, is calling for more girls to try science subjects at an early age. There are a few women working in this field. Some people say it is sexism, but I think this problem can be dated back to education choices. When I was at university, there were only five girls in an engineering course of 50 students. That means girls accounted for only 10% in the subject. Why? 
I think, is because of gender stereotyping. We may find that starting from high school, there are fewer girls choosing science, but some parents also think girls may not be good at science and math. Born in 1980s, Chen Bing has worked for global tech giants, including Microsoft and Cisco Systems. As an experienced software engineer, he had noticed the gender imbalance in STEM-related jobs. And in 2017, he started a non-profit program called Female Programmer Plan in the hope of reversing the trend by teaching girls code online. The program encourages girls and women to learn programming skills. Many female participants exchange views and experiences and inspire each other in the working groups. I think it provides a platform for gathering the voices together and tells women that they can code, they can handle it if they desire to learn. They can choose a related major in higher education, they can get an innovative and well-paid career opportunity in today's highly competitive world. The campaign soon caused a stir on the internet. Half a month after the program launched, it had attracted more than 30,000 users, producing 40,000 pieces of work in online classroom assignments. With more than 200,000 female participants in this program, it's currently the world's largest online platform that teaches women code. The free online courses covered major programming languages such as HTML5, JavaScript, Python and CSS. Different with most of the traditional online resources that help people learn coding skills, Chen's website helps the participants learn by interacting with an artificial intelligence chat robot, which plays the role of a mentor and provides a learning with fun experience. Meng Lingzi, who has designed a multimedia website after two months learning on the platform, says the learning process helped her discover a better self. It feels like it opened the door of a new world for me. I was an arts major student previously. When I was in school, I wasn't good at computer courses, so I never thought I would be doing this one day. After trying this program, I found coding wasn't as boring as I imagined. On the contrary, it is very interesting. Conquer a new world and explore a new possibility makes me feel so happy. Chen says that getting users interested in it is the first step to professional learning. Our course is designed not to be difficult, because we designed it for beginners. Most students don't have any prior programming knowledge. If 100 points were enough for you to start a career in the IT industry, you would get 50 points after you finish all our courses online. It is far from enough for you to get a job, but this 50 points will equip you for further and professional learning. After all, programming is a lifelong learning process. Chen says the program has motivated several hundred female users to get into information technology professionally so far. 26-year-old internet user Vivi is one of them. After a year of self-learning, she quit a job in a state-owned enterprise and became a successful front-end web engineer at the end of 2018. 
It's important to open this window. Chen Bing's program laid me a solid foundation before I began to buy more professional online courses and learning resources on the other platforms. They're really difficult, but luckily I was highly motivated then, and it's strong enough for me to overcome all my difficulties. When she talks about her current work, her voice fills with confidence. Currently, there are three programmers in our team. The manager appreciates my working ability most, and the other two are men. We three joined this company at the same time, and our probation period was three months. But I was the only one who got the official job offer after a month and a half. Li Qingyuan, who is an experienced UI designer now, says it's not about gender. I think IT and technical work isn't related to physical power. It just needs brain power. So why should there be a gender disparity when it comes to working ability? I wish more women would step into this field if they really wanted to, and work hard. Let the gender stereotypes vanish in this way. Emphasizing the gender difference in the mental work area is either stupid or wicked. Chen Bing once posted this on Weibo, one of the biggest social media platforms in China. Chen, who calls himself Uncle Bing on Weibo, has more than a million followers. His daily posts of voices for gender equality and women empowerment have gained a lot of support in the media, including NGOs like the United Nations Foundation and countless web users and industry insiders. He's planning to add online courses with gender equality themes, and he believes it's not an issue that just affects women. When half of the human population is encouraged to discover their full potential, the world as a whole will be benefit. Chen Bing has this to say to all the young women. The first programmer in information technology, Ada Lovelace, was female. That's to say, she was the originator of this area. The programmer who wrote codes for NASA and contributed to humans' first steps on the moon was also female. This field was initiated by women. It makes no sense to say coding is not for women, science is not for women. You need to learn how to ignore or even fight against those voices. Don't let them hold you back, and don't be influenced by any gender stereotypes. You need to find what you are really passionate about, and no matter whether it is arts or science, just go for it. You'll be good at it if you are willing to learn. For girls like Vivi, who have already taken a step, work is the best proof. Just like Uncle Bin said, if more and more girls are attracted by science and technology and bought to go after a position in this field, the rest is just down to working hard and letting your work speak for itself. Sometimes words are pale, but ultimately they cannot ignore you if you do amazing stuff. And that was Yang Yong reporting. 
Women empowerment in the world of science has always been on the agenda of Chinese authorities, universities, and research institutions. Yet, it is deemed to be difficult to achieve in a heavily family-oriented culture. Now, a group of top female scientists and engineers are calling for the authorities to roll out more family-friendly policies to support both female faculty members and female science students. Yang Yong again. Blood disease expert Chen Saijuan is an academician at the Chinese Academy of Engineering. We, uh, Forty percent of academics are female in China, yet the percentage is much lower when it comes to the top level, like academicians. The percentage of women take administrative positions is also very low. Currently, just six percent of academicians at the Chinese Academy of Engineering with whom Chen is working are female. And although the percentage has increased by one percent over three years, this is far from enough. Chen Saijuan says it's not easy for female scientists to achieve their career goal. Women take more social and family responsibilities, especially while they are mothers. They have no choice but to spend less time on research. They are also in a disadvantaged position when they apply for projects and sponsorships. It has consequences on the sustainable development of their science career. Some recent research done by China's National Bureau of Statistics indicated that in 2018, Chinese women spent about 228 minutes, nearly four hours a day, on average, doing unpaid work, including housework, caring for children, and looking after their parents. That compared with 92 minutes, just one and a half hours for Chinese men. Wang Jing is an electronic engineer and also the board president of a major electronic company in southern China. She says family support is important for women working in STEM-related areas. You have to make efforts and sacrifices on the way to succeed. Balancing the priorities of career and family life is particularly important for women. From this perspective, family is especially important since it can actually help you achieve career success instead of drag you down. Chen Saijuan calls for ten-year clock stoppage and parental leave for female academics. I think some sensible supportive measures are needed to help female academics. Like there could be some flexibility in the age limit for some science awards, and application period for certain projects could be extended in favor of motherhood. A slew of favorable measures has been rolled out in recent years. Currently, female scientists are eligible to apply for an extension to their retirement age from 55 to 60. The National Nature Science Foundation stipulates priority must be given to qualified female applicants in the project approval process. The age limit for women applying for its Young Scientists Fund is also 40 instead of 35 for male applicants. However, advocates of female scientist empowerment, like Xin Yingmei, argues that these measures have not gone far enough. 
Xin is an IT engineer and also the board president of a major IT company in East China's Jiangsu Province. 我们一些年轻的女科学家，呃，到了生育期、哺乳期，她回去生孩子去。In some Western countries, young female academics are still capable of going on with their research during motherhood, and the results can be recognized. But in China, female academics work for research institutions and universities, and they lose a lot of opportunities during these periods. Also, there is no place for them to carry out their research after they become a full-time mom. I think that is the big difference. The promoters of women empowerment in the science world believe that although flexible career policies have been implemented in China to level the playing field, there is much more to be done to keep women in science and help to spur on the country's creativity and productivity. That's Yang Yong reporting, and that brings us to the end of today's show. But there's always more online. Check us out on our website, ChinaPlus.CRI.CN, and go to the column My China for more information and other fascinating reports and features. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Tony Reed. See you next time.